Hidden reserves. When your enemy believes you're finished, then is the battle won. Gunsho Teoko Mifumi, Wisdom of the Dragon. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that automatically enrolls you in a secret society. <laughs> I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. There were a few injuries, bloodbath barons. I uh, I did finish my mud run. That was that was that hurt. I was bleeding. But anyways, on to co-host tonight. Andrew is it out? Middle crawl. Good evening, gentlemen. And Aaron driving to the border. Coach crawl made it. And Luke been less impressed. Charles Gideon Dirks. I have been less impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Thomas Contio Contio Silent Sea Raven Kruger. I need to make that Mac a mini. I concur. We could use some congeos, but it is pretty expensive. Anyways, I got a great show for you tonight. I reached out to Spec to see if we could fund it, and I didn't hear back yet. So, oh, yeah, I'd, that'd be awesome. I'd I'd put fifty. Be Turkina, you mean? Oh man, fifty bucks. You better you better push that up now. Quadruple yeah, just that. Just Tommy out on his own. His oh, own. Man. I won't. I won't be the only one. I totally fucking called Tommy out on his own thing. I know. Me. You know, speaking of Tommy, how's that tactics with Tommy going? <laughs> uh, uh, pretty good. Uh, I got a, I got a line, line up for about 10 episodes uh, uh, lined out. Um, the next one I was going to have a short but sweet one, but I think I'm just going to combine it to the next. But there's a few things. Uh, something else came out in between... Uh, episode one in my next episode and i think we're going to talk about it later in this episode so uh, right on yeah so let's move on to uh news in the community so andrew i think you saw some of these uh statements on the hammerhead what's going to happen on the hammerhead the miniature oh um so we've had uh we've talked about Iron Winds and owners Mike and Melissa on our show before, and it turns it turns out that Melissa has been battling a terminal cancer for longer than a year, and <clears throat> Catalyst has uh, put out the Hammerhead, which I believe is now sold out, but they have said that all proceeds for that mech will go to Melissa and help them offset their costs to uh, battling this terrible disease. And um, our man, Derek, set up a GoFundMe page as well. Um, I think they've uh, exceeded $5,000 on that already, and they've upped it now to 7,500. So thank you to the community. Yes, outstanding job. I I grabbed two when I could, as long as they were still there too yet. So, the community has. Uh, sorry, I got a little choked. Community really came through, and I sincerely hope that we can continue to um, take care of one of our own. They are special people, and uh, they're going to need help every which way they can. So, um, 
bottom of my heart to the community, thank you. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I <laughs> it was funny noticing when you saw it on first come up on Facebook, it was like, oh, the hammerhead. Uh, well, uh, it's a little expensive, this and that, and nobody read like the bottom. No, <laughs> of what was attached with it until about it took about an hour or two. Uh, I th- I can't. I think Ray on Indiana Alpha Strike posted yeah. like, hey, this is or this is the reason. And then I was like, oh, share. <laughs> I was like, this is Turkina. Get on this. And uh, that's when everybody read the bottom half. And I think it just cycled through all the BattleTech Facebook pages. Like, oh, by the way, this up. is for a good good deal. And uh, then, yeah, everyone was like, damn the postage. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. Send it. When, uh, like I said elsewhere, I think uh, everybody bought one more than they were planning on. Like everybody who saw it and thought, oh, yeah, I wanted one of those. Now I'm going to get two. Or anybody who was like, eh, I don't really play play Dark Age clan, so I'm not going to get one. But then they did. My wife got an account on Catalyst on Friday, so I could order four. <laughs> I can't wait to see some of those uh, painted up in uh, cancer awareness paint schemes. Oh, that's a good idea. Cool. I like that idea. So, yeah. Dude. So Wolf, uh, Wolfnet, get out there, and uh, if you order two, paint one up as breast cancer awareness. Good call. No, just, it's just or cancer. just cancer awareness, not yep. breast cancer. Uh, we don't. I don't know. What color is that? I don't know the ins and outs of, of what it, she be is battling, pink. but I know I was stuck in uh, La La Land of uh, no access to internet, so I did not get one. Yeah, you know, well, they they sold you can, out. I you, I kept, you, can have, uh, you can have my second one, Tommy. Yeah, apparently Sweet. there is like there is a color for every cancer under the sun, so. How about how about this? Um, paint your second hammerhead up as a uh, cancer awareness color of someone either you know of or have known. There you or, go. I like that. We'll just do the whole thing, yeah. and then we'll uh, if you if you do that, then post it on every Facebook page. Everyone should see this. So yeah, maybe we'll try to get a maybe we'll try to get a collage of all the ones. Posted on uh, Wolfnet. Hey, for we'll... every every event that we run, bring your hammerhead west so we can take a group shot. And then we'll try to maybe do a collage of them all for uh, Wolfnet's uh, Facebook banner. Yeah, that would be that'd awesome. be cool. Let's do that. Outstanding. Let's further the community reach, baby. Yeah, no, but uh, Tommy, I'm totally with you. I I made the mistake of thinking, ah, I'll order it tomorrow, and uh, yeah. There are none. So, well, if uh, people get extra, hand them out to people that want one that that couldn't get one. So we got some extra. I think they might make more. (laughs) Yeah, so they're gonna boost it up. Might as well. (laughs) That'd Um, be awesome. Let's see what else we got going on. Uh, Community surveys. You mean Japan? Damn it! See, you're just doing that out of spite now. (laughs) <laughs> so there was a community survey about the most evil faction. I see we have some results finally in. Uh, looks like uh, Word of Blake and the Jihad got uh, 58%. Uh, followed up by 
playing Jade Falcon because of, uh, do you think it was really because of Melvina or do you think it was because of like all the crazy characters they've had in Jade Falcons? I think it was um, kind of the, the Melvina era. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm going to go are. with, I'm going to go with 13% was Melvina. Uh, maybe 20% was Melvina. Maybe 3% was just like the family of Jade Falcons. Jade Falcons. <laughs> so it was really, um, so I, I didn't know, you know me, I don't know Lord too much. So I was like, what are the, e-? I mean, Melvina can't be that evil. Has, can't be that the most evil. So I did ask the question, had talked to everybody and they're like, oh, I'll just start with three of them. And then the other two got added. Um, yeah, 23% was Jade Falcons and Melvina. And then uh, Amorous Empire, Star League Civil War, 11% in fourth place. And uh, then Society, Jihad, Federated Sons, and Victor. That's just, that's just during 3%. the podcast, people upset. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's three people who hate Fed Sons. I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't see. I don't even see how they're on the same line when you have the society that genetically engineered ways to take out bloodlines versus Victor Stenadavian. I mean, he's the good guy. So right? he's supposed to be. I feel that the the jihad the the wabbies uh, Melvina's Jade Falcons and I don't know maybe those two are the are the the rated at ten. Uh, on the evil scale, um, I'll I'll probably post another uh, poll out later this week and see what number nine is going to look at. I'll bring the society, and <laughs> I'm not going to put Fed Sons on it. I'll put <laughs> Maris on there. So <clears throat> we'll see if more Fed Son haters come out. I'm kind of glad that Falcons are not the only ones that, that get hated on, but I'm surprised that Capellans were in there because from people I talk to, that's always their their go to, like at second worst, you know. Yeah, but are <laughs> they evil? Like that's like they're conniving and they're fanatic and this and that. But are they evil? That was the question. Hmm. Like, do I think Fed Sons are ever evil? No. Amaris evil? Probably not. Would they greedy sub- and power hungry? Would, yes. Would they would they substitute a child? <laughs> yeah i mean war to blake nuclear you know using nuclear weapons to pretty much <laughs> oh and chemical and and chemical and everything else that's evil uh malvina just driving a warship into a city that's yeah pretty that's much. pretty evil um <gasps> what about this what about when um let's see what about when the snow ravens launched that nuke Way I back mean, in the day. Oops. Well, it's just one nuke. Right. Well, but like it, that, that might have been it, it still counts as millions of people. That might have been some miscommunication. Somebody like thought they were opening the elevator and all of a sudden they launched a nuke, you know. But it was like to destroy the, <laughs> the Wolverines though, wasn't it? Probably. So uh, maybe, maybe somebody we'll... tripped and hit the little red button. Whoop de doo. <laughs> See, when, and I think that's kind of part of the interesting uh, dichotomy here is because you have Word of Blake at 58%. <laughs> Over And then you have, <laughs> right, at, at, the, at the same time, the society is out in clan space pulling very similar stuff. 
I mean, granted, not just the total eradication of whole planets, but a very focused genocide, which is <laughs> almost more evil, I guess, in in my head. True. But um, but they they got three votes. One of them was mine. So if I didn't vote, literally, Federated <laughs> Sons would be voted more evil than society. <laughs> um, but 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 they're so compared, like the lengths they were going to to try to just destabilize the powers that be Ooh. and then but but i mean part of that is clan society it is acceptable right <laughs> it, it, it is it is 100 okay to go into grand council chamber everybody raises their hand and votes and says yep we're gonna wipe these people off the face of the universe and then you go out there and you kill them all like that's part of being clan well it's because it was like part of uh you know the process. I'm going to chalk <laughs> society being um, parliamentary. Not procedure. everyone's up on the lore. Oh yeah, because I don't know if if you cut well, like a couple worlds so... off from the rest of the universe, like uh, I don't know, like putting up this giant wall that like destroys warships coming through, that would be pretty dramatic too and destabilize. Ding. Again, not evil. Protectionist, uh, yes. What What is the definition of evil? Well, well, I mean, it, if it you're be, willingly jumping into something that you know is not going to work, uh, I mean, that's uh, kinda... the first ships didn't even well, know it was there. That's true. That's true. They got <laughs> they got a rude awakening. <laughs> Probably didn't even wake up. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a press uh, a press bulletin. <laughs> only yeah. only if they got to the place to download it. True. Because uh, you, you don't know what's going on until you get to the location for the repeater satellites or whatever the, the communication is traveling now, to space. No, no, evil would be if you put fortress, the fortress wall up around everybody else's capital. <laughs> That's true. That would be evil. Now, uh, well, that'd be would, fair. That'd be fair because you're treating everyone equally. Would you, <laughs> would you say the most evil thing was whoever did uh, uh, Grey Monday? Oh, that God, implanted dark, the HPG yeah. virus. There you go. Destabilize like, all the. I, I don't even think you can count how many deaths that's responsible caused for. indirectly or directly. Yeah. 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 If somebody would have put stone on the survey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have like <laughs> blinked. I would. Oh, I agree. Tier one being on there, I'm kind of like, ah, come on, guys. But but if check somebody a hole, put, check put a stone hole. on, I'd have gone. Yeah. Yeah. I. I I, I can back that play. How many times can I vote? Right. <laughs> double check that motherfucker. <laughs> because right. as long as as long as Harwell thinks that uh, Stone did it, I'm I'm gonna agree with him. Oh, so. Harwell would have checked that ten times. He would have stomped it to death. Because <laughs> it was what is it? It's a profound immorality and wickedness, especially when regarding as a supernatural force. <laughs> Do we have any? Ooh, what about Whisper? Would whisper count as a supernatural force? <laughs> well, apparently she still she still doesn't have a name. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Yeah, still waiting for that document to come out. Hello, Bl Blaine and Brent are still uh, refusing still... to share secrets. Yep. Yeah, there's supposed to be a whole document coming out about that, but that was like years ago. Whisper. What would you guys say the the least evilest faction would be? The the nicest, most happy, touchy feely, friendly. Yeah. Air Bears, 100%. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Who's the one that's fully integrated right now? Right? They're big. They're big. Uh, they're pacifists yeah. right now. 
on that sitting on that stupid fence. <laughs> the, the the so so the the most goodest, most goodest, <laughs> most the most goodest. The most man, there's going to be a lot of people going to listen to us. Me, man, where'd they learn grammar from? Well, it's just like that that picture of the teddy bears. Teddy bear, teddy bear. It's like in Demolition Man. How'd you know Cody. the password? Teddy bear. That Kodiak's just coming at you to give you a hug. Yeah, big big steel for a fibrous hug. That's why they made him look so cute. See, I I I, I honestly can't come up with anything that's any faction that's like quote unquote good. Hmm. There's nobody would, out there doing anything for, I, the, I, for the good I of have others. One. I got a solid. The knights. The knights. Of the Republic? Knights of the Inner Sphere. Uh, kinda. I mean, they. Remember, Masters tried. Well, Masters. I mean, he was. Remember, remember, he always used to talk rhetoric when people would question his loyalty, and he would bring up, you know, we have a code, and we yeah, don't. But they're not don't a violate faction, that. right? Well, so they would fall under. Was it Merrick? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know because that probably wouldn't it, jive. Yeah, well, and it's also kind of. Uh, I mean, j- just like uh, extremes, like like mid- medieval knights. Like, yeah, maybe they were out there gallivanting, trying to do good, but it was because they were put in a position where they didn't have to worry about a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff that everybody else did. So they were, you know, like, eh. it's, so it's questionable. They were naive. Although the uh, uh, no substitute for victory, the. Uh, I'm not going to drop spoilers, but the faction that was revealed at the end of that, maybe, maybe oh. kind of good. Hmm. I read that one, <laughs> but that, you certainly that didn't be, audio uh... listen to it. I think I, I think I haven't read that because I, I feel like I would know who you're talking about then. Because that was when um, you didn't really know the character in the castle. And then finally, it kind of reveals itself as it was coming out of the the stone woodwork of being revealed and unveiled, like prepped a job ship. Yeah, but I, I like I honestly don't know that little there's baby not enough action well enough yeah. to be able to say if you know where they're there's, at. But there's not enough information on yet. I'm sure there will be. But there were other interesting topic for the next survey. Hmm. If Tommy's going to keep doing surveys. Oh, I have to. I have to learn more. Ah, so you're not... going to learn the lore through surveys. I, I like it. As well. I, I like it. <laughs> I got to find it somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I can only read a book. It's taken my... me like two or three months to read one book. My suggestion <laughs> would be the most sinister character. Ooh. Take evil out of it and just go sinister. Because you could throw Hans Davian into that one. Well, I, I could, mean, I could, I could now put Andrew in that, that one, right? Oh, no, you he, could. He, he's oh, a oh. <laughs> Maybe Andrew's character was working for uh, Clan Wolf the whole time. Fuck you. Ooh. <laughs> Dead men tell no tales, Andrew. (laughs) He did go to court for it, so... 
He must be uh, oh. responsible for it. Maybe he's, maybe he's that uh, Republic of the Sphere uh, uh, ghost knight. Whisper? Yeah. No. Just oh, really no. good at, at body Whisper, camouflage. Whisper like floats. Andrew doesn't float. No. I, I do float. Put me in enough water. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Good survey, though. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, uh, just a little tidbit. We did hang out with the Mech Bay podcast. A few of us did. That was fun. Um, that was a good time. That was a lot of fun. I really wanted to be on that, but honest to God, the hotel uh, internet sucked. Yep. Bad. You tried. At least you made an effort. I tried. Um. Yeah, that, that was kind of a a good week for Wolfnet Radio, I guess, because we had our episode drop, tactics, tactics talk, and and then we were on Mech Bay, so <laughs> or a good week and a half. Yeah, a lot of good production. But no, uh, huge thanks to those two guys over at Mech Bay. That was a lot of fun. Joshua and Denim uh, had a great time. I think we went a little longer than they expected, but that's on them. They should have known who they were inviting. Isn't we that always, crazy how the, how they think that it's going to be a short talk? It never is. Why well, would I even be... think they thought it was going to be long, but not as long as it was. <laughs> well, when they have to do editing, because you know they have a different level of editing. That and they had what four of us on versus the two of them, so that was a good good cast. Absolutely, they do a lot of good work over there. So. If you haven't heard of Mech Bay Podcast, go listen to them. Particularly episode... <laughs> their, la- their latest episode. Dancing with the Wolves. I want to know why it changed, because it was running with the wolves first, I thought. Maybe they think you look like Kevin Costner. Did, did we have that good a time that we you, went from running to dancing? I think it's because you can't grow a mustache. Uh, oh, I can. You just Kinda. can't see it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You need some Unless color. you got to wait six close. months. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about trying it out. Put a little mascara again. There. I got mine growing. I got a little woolly bear here. I know you got you got a good one going on. So I I, I must admit I haven't had a chance to listen. So um, for anybody who hasn't listened, what uh what should they be looking forward to by tuning into the Mech Bay? They are I, looking for um some of the characteristics about how we pick out mechs and our lists as well as uh let's see they, they really deep dived into the the beginning of the 350 yes uh how we came up with the idea what was the process we went through a lot of the why is this the way it is kind of a stuff uh we talked about that uh worked through a lot of stuff that was on purpose and a lot of stuff that was just by chance <laughs> and we're like oh it worked <laughs> um did a lot of that um i think and then it, we man, we got into a bunch of other stuff too but uh, i'd say a good half of it was just the 350 how we choose our list yeah testing yeah and then a lot of building community um how we got started uh, where we're at now, kind of a stuff. So, how'd you pick numbers? Where names come from? Titles come from? 
So you talked about pretty much on every single drive home from Gen Con. Yep. Basically. We go through the new rule books, we go through the AARs, and it's just like, okay, this worked, this didn't work, improve this, keep this, we need to work on this, we need to develop something for this that's the full Monty, holy cow. The full Monty, that's what, we, it, should, that's what it should have been called. Oh yeah, the full Monty 3 <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I think we gave their listeners and anybody else who listens to the podcast a good deep dive into how this wasn't just something we threw together uh, in a weekend. Uh, this was a three-year, three to four-year process of playtesting, 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 <laughs> rule writing, all that, that stuff. And the process of like stopping what you're currently doing to get into this, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, this is an idea. Like, well, we've had these ideas for a while, but we need to start putting our heads together. We need to start putting stuff on paper. We need to get some audio done. We need to do editing. We need to start doing outlines. And then it just it bloomed and blossomed. I don't think we ever uh I don't think we ever talked about or maybe we did, I can't remember if we talked about how like <laughs> we would come back to an idea that we dismissed two years ago or oh, something yeah. like that. <laughs> we did that a lot. Always. Always. Oh no, no, we should do this. I'm like, dude, we talked about that two years ago. It did well, maybe it might work now. The back of my brain itched. <laughs> I was like, I feel like we've talked about this before. <laughs> There's a disturbance in the forest. So well, it, it well, and that's a I mean, we can kind of segue into the next topic here as we go, but that's one thing that's been rattling around in my head uh, is as frustrating as it got sometimes. And when it, it will continue to, because they're not done, they'll, they will, I don't know if they'll ever, they'll ever be done, but the back and forth and the trying to like, just like hammering out the minutia is like so frustrating. But at the same time, I know that if everything was written just the way that I wanted it written from my perspective and made the perfect sense to me, the rules would not be nearly as good as they are. Like it, that, that, that process of all of us talking it over and our own experiences and stuff is really what, uh, kind of made it, makes it, makes it special, right? Like I, I could have written out everything the way that I thought it should be, but it would not be near what it is today. Yeah. It's never start to finish one draft. It's just like when you're doing a large canvas painting, like you start doing layer after layer and then you change something go back and then you do another layer and another layer and you continue it's like a continuous living entity and you keep working it and working it and all the different layers that people see in the cyclical nature of that design shows all the work that's put into that because you can see the positives, the negatives, you can see the work done, you can see the testing done, you can see the the process. It shows itself. And it's yeah. been it's been helped and worked on by everyone, like all kinds of people, not just us. People yes. out in the community helping. Good feedback. It was definitely a team effort and and I mean, if you're listening to this now, 2.0 and has already been out and actually has gone to 2.1. Um, 
this was a different process than 1.0 was. 1.0 was, what do we want it to be? <laughs> and this looks good, this looks good, this looks good. And of course, it's always been a team effort. It's always been, what about this idea? Let's play test it. Uh, came back, took the notes. Um, like I said, I think there's ideas from everyone in both 1.0 and 2.0. It was just 2.0 was more of a, to take Matt's, you know, perspective of a painting it was like okay here's a painting now turn it into a 3d object you know it's the same image but now it's it's way more complex and and things need to be ironed out so much more and and it would just help that you know the creative team that we had um a lot of people were great with the grammar the writing the 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 formats the the rule testing the this i think we had a good really good group of all all of us each of us kind of had our own little niche, but then it was great to bounce ideas off of somebody else. And, and you know, like Charles said, if I would have just wrote it, it would have worked, but it wouldn't have been as good. If Andrew would have wrote it, it wouldn't have been as good as the, the collective of all of us going through with it. Um, because everybody has a certain different niche, like you said. Some people right. are looking at the language. Some people are looking at the jargon. Some people are looking at the design some people are looking at the the visual some people are looking at the format some people are looking at the gameplay some people are looking at um does it flow correctly almost like we're a creative team (laughs) (laughs) and some people named tommy are good at breaking things (laughs) yeah i am good at breaking things you gotta have the hammer (laughs) this last this last iteration felt a lot better and i think it actually i mean we've had a lot of people comment too about how much better 2.0 was versus one. And I think that showed from our process. We really got after this last one. Yeah. Now, why is 2.1 so quick after 2.0, you ask, Aaron? Well, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> we put 2.0 out, and then what, three days later? MUL. The uh, MUL updated its entire database with squad sizes per faction bang <laughs> which we had a rule in there is like okay we're gonna limit squad sizes per faction but we didn't go as deep into it we just kind of broad painted it as if you're inner sphere or clan or homeworld clan or whatever and then three days later it's like oh that was easy <laughs> so so we uh went back and again um we pay attention to the initial reactions of the 2.0 release. Um, <laughs> Which are always fun. Probably <laughs> almost to the detriment of our own selves. Um, but we, we changed a couple of things. Uh, you know, some people can't spell glossary. Sorry, <laughs> that's me. Um, but a lot of little of those things changed. But the it was really nice that the MUL changed so that we could put out a 2.1 right away. Um, and the most, I would say, what, 90% of the reaction to 2.0 was the faction and era? Oh, I just lost all my units. I wanted to cherry pick. <laughs> yes, Guys, <so> we. <laughs> just want to tell you, all of our lists got fucked too. <laughs> so You're telling me. It's, all except it's, for Gideon's. Yeah, That's except right. for Gideon's. He was the purest of us all anyway. My daughter's list stayed true as well. Yeah. So if me you and had... Cyclone. Oh, that's a that's elite that's elite company I'm in right there. Me and Cyclone. <laughs> oh, and Bourbon. 
Bourbon always ran uh, back to the list. Bourbon, what up? So, and we knew this. We knew a lot of people were going to be mad because I already had lists painted up and this and that. But again, it's for the betterment of the game. Uh, I've seen a lot of people excited about it too. So we're gonna we're gonna go with it. Like I said, the the three fifty Alpha Strike three fifty rules are always a changing document. It's we test, 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 and then test some more. And only when we do one more test after that do we really decide maybe we should go back or change or do this or that. So you want to talk about bases then? <laughs> oh my god. No. Um no, but but I think that the initial because that initial knee-jerk reaction to, absolutely to to faction era was my my list is, is now illegal. Right. But that was my, that I, was my I, first I, argument too. Like I don't want to change it. Right. <laughs> but but I have had a lot of people reach out to me and say, "You know what? I've been having a ton of fun just going through different factions." And different, you know, or the same faction in different eras and seeing what I can come up with and what I can put together. So it's, I think the list making has taken on more of a, like a macro view uh, where people are like going through all these different factions and eras and trying to figure out what they like and what works and what doesn't rather than this like sifting through for the perfect unit for every need. Instead of picking a unit, now they're cherry picking a faction. Well, and <laughs> and we've stated multiple times too. I mean, fifty percent of three fifty is building a list, right? And now, now you actually get to do this according to your favorite faction, right? Um, other things that we had come up. No. Um, oh shit! I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> he had boobies in his face. Good job, Jessica. <laughs> um, Other things that have come up besides the picking of units was part of the process. Yeah, so we did some more clarification on um, casual and premier. Um, we we got into you know the the thing of we talked a lot about gatekeeping, and we don't want to prevent people from playing 350. Um, the hard rule of you had to have a painted army to play. Um, we went round and <laughs> we went round and round on that a lot. Um, and eventually I think we settled on a on a in a good place. Um, we clarified a little bit and I'm bringing this up as a matter around on this board about it is the cover sheet and your cards when you meet each other right so the scenario is rolled you get to your tables and one of the first things that you do is is you show your opponent um the, the top sheet of your of your mul of of, the, of your list you know here's my army and a lot of folks will also share their cards, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, the only place that you don't have to do that is at a premier event. Um, one of the reasons that that was decided that way is, is I, I mean, I've ran, we, we've ran hundreds of Alpha Strike games. And one thing that I continually see 
when somebody gets to see their the full list and cards is all of a sudden there's one or two units in a, an opposer a person's opposing list that oh my god i have to have a counter for that and they completely forget about their pre-generated 200s that they brought they completely go off the rails about i have to counter this one it's one unit you have a counter for it figure it out and what was happening is is it was it was taking a lot more time for people to get started and we just we're on a time schedule i want you guys to roll dice and not worry about what freaking cards you're going to take so that was the clarification there so sharing your your top sheet once you're playing once once you roll your initiative and you start placing units on the table cards are open cards are always open you do not get to hide your cards someone asks you i'd like to see that card you need to show them that table is open but it's once you start doing deployment is when you really get a chance to see the cards and that is in premier level only so at conventions all of the uh scenarios and things that we'll do like Crawl Sisters a go-go, the Rumble on the River. Um, shit, isn't there another one? Battle Barn. Con, Battle Barn. Battle Barn. Those will all be much more casual. You don't need to have your units fully painted. Um, we will be giving, you know, we always do give best painted um, army, that kind of thing. But um, again, a lot of those events are to get new players to be relaxed, to get people to play the format, ask questions, and that's working. I mean, we went to Florida, and Rufus has run three tournaments over the summer, which is awesome. He's right. got a great gaming group built around 350 down there now. Um, <clears throat> Raymond and the uh, Indiana guys, they're not necessarily playing 350, but... Uh, they've got an escalation league that's phenomenal. I mean, they they're playing every week. Um, Ron uh, in Wisconsin, Ron Ploger, yeah, Ron Ploger in in Wisconsin. Uh, we did Evercon in February. He's running another event in July that I think I'm going to be able to run out and help him with. Um, and I just talked to Topa uh, this last week and. <laughs> Tom was the name that we couldn't remember. Uh, Tom. That guy? Really, yeah, that guy. That, that guy. guy. So Tom really enjoyed um, the event, and he would really, really like to do a 350 tournament in Michigan. So it's looking at late September, August sometime. We might pack the truck up and run out there for a weekend and, and see what we can do to help out there as well. So um, make sure you drink time. a lot of water because running is kind of extensive. Yes, thank you for that tit uh, that tidbit. I do appreciate that. Um, you saw some really, the biggest and all of a sudden he's saying tit. The biggest thing there is is that every place that we've gone, a community is born, and it stays active. Which is to the I mean, hats off to the people that I've mentioned. Um, they they enjoy it and they drive it, and uh, we'll continue to do that as wherever we can. Speaking yeah. of, oh, go ahead, Charles. Oh, I was just going to go back to the. Uh, oh, in Colorado. The, fuck. I forgot about you guys. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was. 
And now I, I totally stuck. I, I walked into that like a spider web. <laughs> like I walked into it. Like, and oh, you bastards. So. Yeah. And <laughs> here I am. No, no, but uh, uh, going back to because I, uh, the, the whole like uh, uh, cover, cover sheet thing. Um, I, I guess when it comes to, yeah, in my own mind, because when it comes to events where it is, everyone has done this before hand in like i i don't expect much more than the cover sheet it's enough to give me at least an idea i don't have every unit on the mul memorized but i got you know it, uh, uh, something in my head will go oh, okay i have something going on i guess um i i the reason i bring like the extra printed sheets is when i'm when i'm across the table from somebody and this is their first time like I've played a lot of Alpha Strike and uh, at events out here where somebody, the person across from me, says, "This is my third Alpha Strike game," and it's like, "Excellent! Here, let me just show you my whole list because <laughs> you know, I, I will point out what to you what, what's going on here because otherwise, yeah, I don't expect you to have any idea what half <laughs> this is. Um, but but to your point though, Andrew, <laughs> I think though that that is where the goal though is to get rolling dice. It, yes. You know, it, it's not here. Here's my sheet. And then the person sitting there like trying to figure out what 200s I can put together out of it or anything like that. It's just a matter of like, just so you know, because yeah, you, you've been playing for, and even for folks who have been playing uh classic for decades coming over to alpha strike. Cause some things relate, some things don't, you know? Um, so yeah, just, that's why I kind of keep it in my pocket because most most of the time if somebody's been playing, they don't care anyway. They're just like, okay, I, I, I see five VTOLs, I see six, you know, I see five battle armor and two mechs. That gives me an idea of what I should be planning on and that's enough yep. for them. Um, yep. But if somebody who looks at that and they see a whole bunch of names of things that they don't even know what kind of vehicle or mech or, you know, it's all, it's all, Is that a vehicle? Them, right. <laughs> I, yeah. That's why I keep it in my pocket just in case. Cause in, in those cases, it's kind of that, uh, going back to that, don't be a gatekeeper, you know, like I, I want them to have as, I want them to have fun, but at the same time, also part of that fun is getting to roll dice, not just standing there staring at pages. I, I can't wait for the first person that I ask, like, hey, can I see that? And just be like, no. Well, that's going to happen. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just going to be like, okay. That's going to happen. <laughs> but, and that's, and that's going to be an awkward thing of like, hey, is that, can I see it? No. And again, you don't have to, but it's, we're talking about a premier level event. And we went out of our way in 2.0, 2.1 to because gatekeeping was a big thing that we brought up when creating these rules is like do we really want to require everything we we kind of upped the level of what a premier level is going to be um if you reread the rules now at a premier level event you don't have to have your paint your miniatures painted but you will not be able to participate in the championship rounds of that tournament if your me your mechs are unpainted so you can be the best player in the world go four and oh or five and oh but if you got unpainted mechs sorry dude you're dropping you're out the next person with the, the with the best record and painted mechs are going to go into the championship levels because 
we want the championship rounds to be the antithesis of what Alpha Strike 350 should look like. You know, painted mechs, great terrain, uh, just visually awesome. So, and and one of the things that that we have struggled with, I think, is we have always tried to be open to new players. And I think that's where we, through our discussion, because we had, we had some serious discussions on this. And I think that's where we started to stumble a little bit is that we have done, we've tried to stay as open as possible to new players. And we tried to apply that to the, to the premier level where again, this gets into that mindset um, for competitive play that when you go to a, a premier level tournament, the expectation is, is that you've played and that you know what you're doing. And that's a hard thing to get past. I think sometimes, especially when everything that we've done has been geared to introducing the format getting people playing, getting people comfortable, basically a new player all of the time, a premier level event is a step up. So. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, we don't want to throw the, the dirty word 40k out there we don't want to be them but we want to be a little bit like them right we want to we want our events to for people to stop look and watch for like 10 minutes going this looks amazing these guys are having a lot of fun where can i pick up a box set of this and it just helps if miniatures are painted and the terrain looks good and all this other stuff uh but do i want to not have somebody not play just because they don't have painted miniatures? No. But I, th- I think we, we came with up to a good compromise of being, hey, you can play, but you cannot win the tournament. Like, that was right. our biggest fear, is someone winning the tournament, and then the championship picture, you know, and it's all gray plastic. So that right. was, that was I think, our, our compromise there. Um, I mean... Y- if you go five and zero with an unpainted army, great, good for you. But the rule is that in order to win the tournament, you need to have a painted army. So that was that was one of the big changes we had from one point to two And I think the limitation of what a premier level event is is, you know, um, I think we're kind of looking at the major conventions, but. I'm not limiting it to major conventions, but if you no. want to run a premier yeah. event and you want everybody to have that and you're going to have championship rounds and you're going to do this, by all means, that's great. But um, I think with the rules we have now, uh, it it appeases both player bases or, or you know, uh, yeah, player bases. So that was one of our other big changes in 2.0. And it really um, draws on that idea of as a a game facilitator or a, um, even a brick and mortar shop of like when they, when they have the event in the media or in the, the photographs, the images, the videos, the streaming, I mean, they want to, they want a decent representation of that too. And those painted armies and 3d terrain make it really 
a lot better than 2D and yes. no colors. Right. I mean, some of those really pop out and look gorgeous. Some of these, some of these players and artists are just doing immaculate things with the amount of gradient shading, hues, color mixing, uh, the adaptations, neat stuff. And the other thing is, we're not just like pulling this out of our ass. We've seen this done. I mean, at Florida, we saw the reaction at a store to running a tournament where it was required everyone have painted miniatures, and it flipped the switch and before you know it all the BattleTech stuff was sold out. I mean it works. We have documentation and data to to say if you put a good looking product on the table at a store and if you have that product on the shelves, it's gonna sell. Plus the paint I mean, plus the flocks. I mean, plus yeah. the Every, everything that we've done with three fifty up to this point has been really data driven. I mean the map size, there's a reason for that. The point value, there's a reason for that. Um, I, we've stated this before. Um, we were very cognitive of time, and we wanted to make sure that you could get a tournament done in a day, which is a direct correlation to the sizes for both map and 350. Um, I just don't think you can do it bigger. And and have as good a play experience as we have. All right, because as soon as you put a larger map on the table, people start hiding out. They start playing cat and mouse instead of having that direct conflict and when, getting that decided. And not time. only, you know, not only the, that, but then you're also looking at like how big is a convention table? You know, like because yep. yep. there's there's plenty of people that love playing. Uh, Big at maps. least out here, because because all the all, all the uh, tables at the game shops are uh, six by four, you know, so so they'll just play on the table, right? And that's very cool. But if you're going to have, you know, twenty of these six by four tables set up in a, you know, like it just starts getting untenable to try to do in every game shop or at a convention or you know it it, it you start getting it more and more into this little niche where maybe you have a great time with it and that's very cool have fun with it but it it, it, like andrew was saying everything kind of came back to being very deliberate of the the reason the map is this big is because you can fit it the short way across the table and stay in shoulder to shoulder with somebody else and have two games going on at the table at the same time so now you cut down the number of tables in half how long do you have at a convention to be able to do a tournament okay well how many rounds does it take you know like a lot of backwards math went into it to make it work out that way that's right reverse planning and yes, we do know that our map size is a little weird. The 36 by 42. We understand that, that not a lot of play mats are made 36 by 42. Um, our best uh, thing outside that is is get the three foot by four foot, which is a pretty standard play mat out there. And we usually just, you know, you mark off, uh, what is it, three inches on one side, three inches on the other, and it makes a nice spot to lay all your cards on. Well, otherwise, just get the. What I did was I bought the front line for a six by four mats and either cut it in half or run a piece of tape down the middle and you have two boards. So, yep. It's map size is, is unique, yes, but it's not something that you cannot overcome, 
easily. And if anyway. you do the front line, if you do the front line four by six and you cut it in half, it actually turns out to be cost effective. I think what each you're getting two play mats for thirty five bucks or something like that. Uh, one map is seventy bucks. So yeah, so it's it's thirty five dollars a map basically, and it's which that is nice, cheap. It's really nice neoprene, which I really like. And um, I mean, for those that have played on them, uh, visually they are stunning. So yeah. that was the big reason why. Again, we were we're very cognitive of um, I draw and drawing people to the tables to come ask questions. That's that's as much of playing a tournament is drawing people in and, and having them ask questions. So maybe we get a new person to play next time. Yeah. You want to ask who's got weirder maps? Catalyst. Their Alpha Strike maps are like 36 by 22 <laughs> or something like 34 by 22 or something like that. That's a weird size. Anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, 35, just letting you guys know as you know, my X-Wing mats were 50 bucks a piece. And that's by three, that's a three by three. So, uh, and I have way, I had way too many of those. <laughs> Isn't that just space? It's, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just space, man. Well, there's, there's some Hoth on there. But, um, yeah, that's true. They did a Hoth one and then they got really creative at the end. So started putting planets in them. But anyway, uh, just letting you know, we are watching all of your reactions to 2.0. Um, if you guys feel like something's way out of line or something like that, one, oh, we haven't even, I would really... We haven't, even ta- we haven't even talked about the three additional scenarios, man. I know, but that I want to... That was huge. That's not... Nice. Did I steal your thunder? Yeah, you did. Because I was going to make a very, very important part that all of us agree on. Oh, oh, oh is that... this is a... Profound statement. If you have criticism of the 2.0 or the 2.1, please read the whole document, then play a couple of games, then come back. And if you still have the same criticism, we will 100% log it into the suggestion book that we do keep. We do pay attention to suggestions. But we really do ask you guys to please play it first. <laughs> because sometimes we feel like players are just like, I don't think that works, but have you played it? No. Uh, we have. <laughs> and, and and I think the best part is it, it's nice. And we can agree if, if, if people have opinions on, oh, I don't like this. Like, congratulations. You don't That's like true. it. That's and good. We'll, we'll take those you, suggestions you can, too, even if you, you can, haven't played. You can play stuff however you want. But it gives you a lot more weight if you've played it and then you still have the same suggestion. Then we're then we're talking data, which our whole thing is driven by on the tabletop experience. If you still have that, you know, I don't think this works. This isn't how this should be. How many games have you run? How do the how do the turnouts be? What were the scores, the MOV? What was the what was the main hiccup? When you have that data, that gives us a lot more information to work with instead of, I don't like it. (laughs) I mean, it's a valid suggestion. I don't like it or I wanna. We see a lot of, we see a lot of comments too of, well, I wanna do this. Well, that's cute. I wanna 
and playing everyone playing from the same rule set, I wanna doesn't fit into that. Believe me, I want my lament and my celerity. I really do. I miss but those guys. They were uh-huh. a lot of I made my own celerity and everything. Uh-huh. But <laughs> yeah. Well, and to uh kind of piggyback off what Andrew said was like there's also a lot of things that we would like to be able to add, but it's a lot of balance of, you know, how, how do we incorporate more of, you know, uh, more optional rules and keep things in a balanced state or, uh, more special, some, some of the specials that aren't allowed currently, how do we include those? Because we, the, the more we include, the more depth there is to the game, the more options Agreed. there are, like it, it, it makes it more, you know, it just makes it better. But if we just throw everything in willy-nilly, then the balance goes out the window. And that is, that's exactly the worst thing you can do for for kind of a uh, a format where you're trying to standardize is have one person, you know, instead of having three people show up and say, hey, this is a lot of fun, let me know when you're doing it again, you have three people that show up and then never look at Battletech ever again. You know, because it was just that unbalanced. Like that that's the last thing anybody wants. And to be honest with you, I think that we have we have a very good balance right now and we're extremely protective of it. Um gameplay experience and having people wanting to come back and play, that tells us that we're doing it right. The fact that we have people picking up the rules and running their own tournaments which is no small undertaking that tells us we're doing something right. So um, to Aaron's point, you can read it, you can look at it, and you can say, that doesn't work. Play it. Play it. Promise you, you don't have the time in that we do. <laughs> Promise and you. Well, and not <laughs> only that, see what the other person that you're playing against uh, says as well. I'm almost positive... I think Sean was talking about how the last tournament he went to, he went up against three jump strong units and it was not fun for him, he said. I can only imagine. Um but yeah, changing just jump strong as a as one of the things that was big in this one, it it's gonna make the the play a lot more enjoyable instead of getting your head beat in by 16 jump strong total. I can guarantee you uh, about six or seven months from now, everybody's going to know every alpha strike mech that has jump strong. <laughs> They're going to look at it like, Hero Falcon, huh? huh? What variant? <laughs> oh, brought the Thor 2E, huh? All right. <laughs> but, and again, I also want to put this out there. If you want to do it differently, go for it. I'd yeah, it's your table, your rules. Go ahead. Yeah, man. We're we're open to everything. So uh 2.0, 2. I really should I'm just gonna call it 2.0. It's 21. Uh or second edition. Second edition Alpha Strike 350. Uh it was a lot of work, a lot of lot of hours um put into it. So we're really interested to see how this goes. Um one thing I would like to ask is if uh if you guys are playing 350 and you have like even the most 
rudimentary streaming setup, throw it up on a YouTube page, post it out there. Uh, we'd love to get more video evidence of 350s being played. Um, I know we're going to kick back up Thursday night throwdowns. We try to do it every Thursday night. But um, if if you guys out in the the community uh, have a webcam and a, and a YouTube page or something like that, um, Throw up the throw up the link. I'd I'd love to watch and and see how uh, see other games out there. I think that'd be great. The more the more gameplay we can get out there, I think the better uh, this whole system can be. So then they'll definitely have to have like a a team of people because it it takes two opponents and it also takes like a <laughs> somebody running a computer. Well, like I said, <laughs> we <laughs> don't expect it to look like ours. Ours doesn't even look the way I want it to be, but we've, we've gone through, oh my goodness, if you go back to the first one and then to our latest one, like, yeah, we've added an overlay and we've added a bunch of stuff and all this other multiple camera angles. That's, that's not easy to do. And then it takes a lot of work and practice, but, and, uh, and to get it to fit in one backpack, <laughs> y'all, well, one backpack, we, one backpack and a backpack and a computer bag. Yeah. That's, we that, got a lot of gear. Feet. So well, I, actually, I don't expect backpack, everyone to, Two bags up, is pretty throw decent. up our our stuff, but maybe that's what I'll do. I'll try to do a video tutorial of a basic 350 uh, streaming setup. Mobile, mobile All right. that. All right, let's uh, let's talk scenarios. Mm. I'm I'm so happy that we were able got, to get three new got scenarios. Past six. <laughs> yeah, we got past six. Um, the uh, the addition of the of the Three additional scenarios, I think, <clears throat> really level sets. Not only do we do faction and era now, but your list, I believe, needs to be much more well-rounded um, with the addition of Overrun, Headhunter, and Hold the Line. Well, definitely. Um, you can't just live by your fast list anymore. These next three are going to have heavy need that uh, heavy uh, heaviness or a little bit more bulk on your team to get through, and it it won't fo- it will force the people that haven't made that transition for a, a rounded unit. So it's I think it's pretty fun, just because. Well, I I don't know about you guys, but I I feel have the well-rounded list makes the 350 the 350 so yeah <laughs> we we spent a lot of time <laughs> on trying to get three new scenarios hell i think we tried to get one new scenario didn't we we For tried this time we tried to get yeah. a six one and we couldn't we couldn't f- we couldn't come to a conclusion on one those three were the the final three and instead of adding just one we added the three yeah, oh, maybe as maybe as like a I don't know a Patreon thing. I'll throw up like the four others. I think it was like three or four other scenarios we had. <laughs> Just be like, this is what got left on the on the chopping block. <laughs> but it was all of a sudden, and it was so weird because we we worked for months on trying to get one scenario. And then if I don't know if this how felt like how tell you guys, but it felt like in. A two-week period, we had three. Yeah, 
It was just it was like very, boom, just like that. It was a very quick, quick turnaround. All of a sudden, we had, we had three. Yeah, which and they were all pretty viable right out of the gate. I mean, I don't think we had to change a lot with the scenarios as they were prevented. I mean, a tweak here or a tweak there to make it feel like it fit the format. But I was really pleased to be able to add those three and tip the scales, tip the scale of your army list back to a general list instead of a fast list. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, because uh, the reasoning of these other scenarios was to try and get heavier units into your list instead of just fast. Yeah, and I think we explained this on the Mech Bay podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, with the five initial scenarios that we had, three were fast and two we considered to be slow. I mean, not slow, but firepower. Right. So we were going with fast and firepower. That's kind of what we were the categories we were putting them in. And that's why or we staying, wanted to... More staying power. Yeah. We wanted, a sixth, we wanted a sixth to equal out the random rollness. Um, and then all of a sudden we ended up with three that I felt weren't exactly... I wouldn't call them exactly three firepower lists, but it was it was three Swiss Army scenarios, right? You need a little bit of fast, a little bit of staying power, a little bit of firepower... Um, I think all of those had a very good melding, uh, uh, hold the line, headhunter, and uh, overrun. All dealt with one being both an attacker and a defender at the same time, which is really hard. Which oh, is, yeah, it is. <laughs> super really hard. hard. Uh, but then uh, two is to maximize a little bit of everything. So I think I think all three of those lists uh, or scenarios nailed it on the head. And trying to get the objective points to even out too. Yep. Well, and to be objective, you know, objective based. That was another big overcome is is trying to get that. Uh, But yeah, I, I I think we're waiting to see. I think Raymond, no, Gold has been playing a couple. Um, of the new ones, I know he's been posting some some after action reports. Uh, but uh, again, one of our biggest things is we want to see reactions to the three new scenarios too. Um, I know everybody's busy; it's summer, getting games in is kind of hard. So, but if you ever do, uh, and even even a the like I said, even the objective, you know, the score sheet, the match slip afterwards, that's that's a lot of we can take a lot from that. So, what's your favorite of the Ooh. three new ones? Which one's your favorite? I'll go me, first. Uh, All right, go ahead, Andrew. Uh, for me, it's pretty easy. The one I've played the most is Headhunter. Um, introduced Bob, Max, kids. We've played Headhunter quite a bit. Um, I have I played uh, Overrun with Sean during development, um, but. Headhunter has been the one that I've played the most. I would have to go hold the line for me. Mostly because I think it's... I think it's going to be the hardest scenario to master. 
because it seems like a simple concept, right? Take these three points. But because the objective tokens are smaller, I can protect them. It's it's one of those where your list has to be a very Swiss Army list. You got to have uh, pursuers, flankers, something to get to the other side. But you also have to have you know the protection of of your your line. And I think it's one of the scenarios that I think it's very much like bunkers, where you know probably in the first turn if you are the defender or you're the attacker, and then it's it's adjusting your tactics to be able to handle okay i'm the defender now because some people <clears throat> tommy <clears throat> like to be the aggressor i mean they just you know what you know I'm, I'm gonna get to the middle of the field like right now and then i'm gonna make you react and then all of a sudden it puts and it's usually me on the heels as playing defender and i get i'm like oh okay pull in uh, huddle up, guys. Let's try to pump as much firepower where if I had like a unit or two units that could sneak behind and flank behind their list, then all of a sudden I I turn that attacker onto a, uh-oh, I'm caught in between. Do I go protect mine or do I just continue to keep forward and take as many as I can before the game's over? So I think hold the line is going to be the hardest one, not only of the three, but I think of, of the eight. That's going to be the hardest one to master. I have to agree with that. Uh, hold the line is probably the the most difficult. I feel out of all of them now, um, and I like that 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 aspect. Um, I played Headhunter with Mario when we were developing it, and we did make some initial tweaks after. It was like one of the very few times I was able to play. Uh, Alpha Strike while on the road, and we made like a couple tweaks in because we ended. I ended up telling Mario, all right, it was the last day. I was hanging out at his place. I was like, you know, let's let's play one more Headhunter before I leave, and we made a few more tweaks. And and even with that, I think uh, Hold the Line is going to be the fun one. I can't wait to see that one on uh, on the final. If it's a final uh, match, that would be that awesome. That would be that would be crazy. That'd be really awesome. Turkina, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Charles. You can't be. You can be biased. Yeah, well, I was going to say I, I can't help but be biased. I, I, I like uh, hold the line the most, but I spent the most time with hold the line, so. I, I guess I don't hate it, which means something, right? After spending so much time trying to tune it and figure it out and everything that I don't hate it already. So, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm glad you guys, uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't, not necessarily glad you guys think it's going to be hard, but I, I like the, um, I, the scenarios that I found I enjoyed from the the original five were the ones that um, were simple rules, but really complex in how you could execute it. You could execute it about a dozen different ways. Um, so that's what I was really driving for is it's real simple. If it, if they're standing on it at the end, 
you lose it, they get a point. Move on. Um, there, there's no contesting. There's no, you know, trying to like squeak out of it. Like you have to be premeditated doing the thing um, in order to defend it. But um, yeah, it, it's very much a uh, uh, like keep, keep the rules simple so then people can execute it in 50 different ways. And I think, I mean, like all 350, I think terrain placement is going to be a huge thing to explore with all, all of these scenarios, um, you know, for, uh, overrun, where do I, where do I put my stuff to maybe inhibit my, my opponent's movement and to make my movement easy? Are we going to end up in, with big fights and bottlenecks because you're trying to get to the other guy, the other side of the map? I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, I think, uh, with all these. And, and I think that's why it was hard was because we, for, for the first batch, it was kind of a, uh, you know, like we've adapted and modified things from, you know, just kind of at large wargaming. Um, and then when we were like, we need a sixth one that it got really hard because it was like, well, we've kind of done the, the basic ones and now we need to make sure we have like perfect ones. So it was a lot of like built in pressure on ourselves. Um, because we did, I guess we lucked out with those first ones, you know, or they just worked really well. Um, and once we threw them out to the community and the community kind of broke them in different ways and, and we did little <laughs> tweaks to make them all work better. Um, a little more resilient. Um, but, but this, we wanted to make sure that they were that good before release rather than through release. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's been a journey. Um, and, uh, I kind of got way off topic, but yeah, I, I think all three of them are, are, are going to be a lot of fun, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm biased. So I, I gotta pick, I gotta pick my own. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy said, hold the line. It's up oh. to you. What was yours, Aaron? I had to hold the line. Um, I could, I could say my second favorite, but I want to see what you're going to say. I think hold the line has the biggest sway. So it's going to be more, it was in testing. It's been more difficult for me. So I don't like it. <laughs> I do like that. It works. I was going to say, <laughs> I know which one you should probably pick because I think you're three and oh at it. I think overrun has been fun. Yeah, I was going to say and, it should be fun for you, <laughs> but it, it's difficult. It's almost like it's almost like you have to separate your force into four different locations or layers or quadrants of the map. That is tough. It is very tough. And you have to be able to it's it's like playing chess times ten because you have to have certain weight classes in different locations that overtake it compared to the other units that might be there. So you have to anticipate their moves to different locations on the map, not just objectives, but where they're going to get behind you or be in front of you, or you're going to have the drop on them. <clears throat> I like overrun of the three because I'm getting the hang of it. Not because, I mean, not because I'm doing poorly at <laughs> <hold the line. laughs> 
Like uh, you were winning the game and you didn't even know where the lines were. I'm like, I'm sitting here doing oh, it was 3D so chess and you're just like, I'm thinking you know everything. And they're like, well, I don't even know where the line is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because you perfectly placed that I, mech. I think like, I'm centering it. In <laughs> so I don't step over the line. But like um, the non-contesting for hold the line really messes up my gameplay. And that's okay. It's keeping me on my toes and it's making me reevaluate and be more resilient. So I I want to play more hold the line to um, develop that skill of, of playing that scenario. The one I need to play more of is Headhunter, just because I, I think I have like the formula for my commanders. Like right now, I'm one fast, one heavy with firepower, right? But is it better to go too fast or is it better to go too monsters that just have armor structure for days? It's that's a formula I haven't quite figured out. I, I think I've played three or four games of it. Um, I think Headhunter is going to be uh, a mystery because there are a lot of variables there. And yeah. it's just going to be cat and mouse. Yeah. Um, so I think that one is going to be, that one's going to need more development to see and more data on the results to see how, um, how all the other players in the community are going to react to it. And what but are they taking? I think it's, I think it's an unknown yet. I yeah. think it's, it's, it was fun to play. It was tough because yeah. Do you go firepower? Or do you go speed? It's a mix. And, and the good thing is the map's not that big, so you you can hide, I guess, but you can't mm-hmm. hide for very long. No, no, no. You you can't hide. So uh yeah. Head and like Charles said, I really like the fact that all three I mean, all three of these scenarios really test your list building ability. It 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 certainly tests your adaptable yes. skill set of reacting to your opponent or making them react to you. Mm-hmm. That's Which, fun too, because when we have different, go ahead, finish your top. Your, your well, thought. it's just, that's because that's what I like about it is because in our competitive format, we want to have strategy, tactics, uh, experience play into the game where the RNG is not the only factor that you win by. Absolutely. That's where that's where I, the, the getting to be a good player overweighs the RNG. That's the ultimate goal. I like seeing the psychology with tactics in the gameplay. I like seeing where someone baits somebody into an ambush. That is fun. Or you you bottleneck a corridor of fire where you line all your units up against his one and isolate a target. Those are fun tactics to see mm-hmm. happen where it's just like, oh, oh, is he going to do it? Oh, oh, is he? Oh, 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 he just wasted him. All right. Now what's the other one going to do? Oh, he's going to do it right back to him. So there's And, there's and the great thing is, is you can see that play out on the board. Yes. Like, as as I've watched a lot of stream games and a lot of times I can't say what I want to say because I'm right in front of the players, but I'm like, oh, I see what he's doing here. With this unit, I wonder if he falls for it. And then he does, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's that makes for fun 
I mean, watching a board game is not, say, say, fun all the time. But when you when you can see those things happening on the game board, that's what makes it interesting. So, I, I will say that watching a stream is not as entertaining as being next to the table. Like being at the table as either as either a player or as an observer is the most fun because then you see those die results. You see those die, those dice results firsthand and you see the reaction on the players faces versus like, Oh no, just destroyed my Turkina or, Oh no, my dragonfly just got whacked (laughs) or, Hey, I just took down a hovercraft with an elemental. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where watching games live for me is way more fun than, watching them later because i can go okay fast forward what happened fast forward what happened fast forward what happened when you're actually watching it live or like the anticipation is there so where you see two authors start throwing each other's crabs at each other (laughs) (laughs) but no i i think we nailed it out of the park with the three scenarios i think they feel like they belong that was the biggest part for me is they feel like they belong with the other five Agreed. All right, so we take a break? Sure. All righty. This is a brief with Charles Gideon Dirks, brought to you by Aries Games Miniatures. On this episode of WolfNet History Briefs, what's Americ to do when his uncle won't let him go to total war? Hello, WolfNet, and welcome to this installment of WolfNet History Briefs where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we have the distinct opportunity to revisit previous briefs and show the aftermath of one and the prologue to another. The events I'm referring to are the end of Anton Merrick's revolt, which we covered in the seventh brief, and the death of the master of brief number eight. These two events are directly connected through a single moment, even though they happened decades apart. To begin, we'll start with the fallout from Anton's revolt. Janos Merrick, the man who retained his captain generalship of the Free Worlds League, saw to cleaning up the high command of traitors. This included many convictions resulting in life sentences, as well as the execution of numerous commanders. Among the latter was his own son, Gerald. The Fourth Succession War kicked off shortly after, and the League was compelled to attack the Lyran Commonwealth to support its concord of Captain allies, the Draconis Combine, and the Capellan Confederation. Though the offensives were half-hearted at best, the League attackers were caught in a dangerous strategic predicament when the League was attacked by the Confederation. When the Fourth Succession War eventually drew to a close, the Duchy of Andurian seceded from the League and joined forces with the Magistracy of Canopus to sate themselves on Capellan planets. This brings us to Atreus on the 1st of June, 3035. Here, Janos Merrick met with his upper command, which of course included many of his family members, most notably his sons Dugan and Thomas, and his nephew Duncan. The meeting began with a common refrain. Duncan pushed for overwhelming military action against the Endurians to bring them back into line at the muzzle of a PPC, whereas Thomas argued that a steady pressure would achieve the same outcome 
with less loss of life and materiel. Shortly into the meeting, Duncan was called away for important business. Fortunately for him, while he was away, a bomb inside the war room exploded. Wounded himself by debris, Duncan rushed back into the meeting hall, only to find his uncle Janos and cousin Dugan dead. Thomas was nowhere to be found, and it was assumed his remains had been destroyed in the blast. Duncan did the obligatory swearing to find and punish the cowardly assassins, which his quick investigation found to be none other than the Endurians. Now, with overwhelming popular support, he became the Captain General of the League just a few weeks later, and went on to lead the armies against the rebellious state. But unfortunately for Duncan, the war floundered and his popularity plummeted. To make matters worse for him, and the entire inner sphere, Thomas Merrick had not died in the bombing, and apparently returned to the League several months later. You see, Thomas Merrick had been saved by two members of Comstar on that fateful June day. Though the man who returned proclaiming himself to be Thomas was really a doppelganger, the real Thomas had remained behind with Comstar, and there he would throw himself into the prophecies of Jerome Blake and their interpretations by Conrad Toyama, becoming the architect of the Blakist Jihad, known simply as the Master. In his rush for battle, Duncan had murdered an old man sliding into senility, and in his lust for power, he unleashed one of the greatest threats humankind has ever faced. All for a few months on the throne. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Hey, that was History Brief with Charles Gideon Dirks, uh, brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. Uh, next will be upcoming releases. Looks like we've got Landed Dreams, Founding of the Clans, any day now. That's the third, that's the third book, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, third Founding of the Clans book. I think right. it was uh, slated for May, so should be any time now. Right around the corner. That's exciting. I really want to finish. Is that the last one? Yeah. Okay. It will be. I really want to read that. I'm I'm enjoying the Founding of the Clans uh, novels. It's filling in a lot of those gaps that, yep. Hey, why was this established? Where does it come from? Where did it derive of? Because you can only read Sarna so much, but I really like the fictional side of the thing. Man, um, some characters you can only hear, you know, talk so much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've been really enjoying those. So I can't wait. Cover revealed for Question of Survival. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even know. It's got a ghost bear on the cover. Come on. Uh, oh, I did see this one. <laughs> if, if it makes you help any, uh, Matt, uh, I I want to read it too, but not really. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's going to be about stealing ghost bear Sipcos. Rot roll. I will probably read it, but I don't know if I'll be happy about it. Oh well. At least it's progress. Maybe they have a falcon on the front. 
Maybe they'll fall off the fence and be Jade Falcons now. <laughs> hey, what would they be called? Jade Bears? Ghost Falcons. Ghost Falcons? I don't know. I, I, I'm I super excited about the cover, though. Uh, fabulous artwork. Um, I do like the beta camouflage scheme. Um, gives some really good inspiration for uh, painting. And Empire Alone will be coming up soon in July. Maybe two, three weeks out? Four weeks out? Yeah, that'll be a Gen Con deal. You'll be able to get oh, it. I Gen knew Con you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. If you can get into Gen Con. I got my ticket. I see somebody got their badge. Yeah, I got my badge in the mail. I'm supposed to pick mine up at the uh, counter. Just, just, Ooh, depends. Bad oh. just depends on how strict the uh, enforcement Tommy. will be at the door. Thought we taught you better than that, Tommy. Well, they they did say it opened up on Wednesday, so maybe when we get there, right off the bat, I can just go up there on Wednesday night. Swing through before we go down to Martinsville, I guess. Yeah, I'll send the list with you. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try to bring a big backpack so that I could be a uh, mule. Well, they're not going to be mule. open Wednesday. Well, uh, the, I'm talking yeah, about. They- yeah, they won't be open Wednesday, and then we'll all be there Thursday. You can go to Will Call. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll We've done that Will before. Call. Yeah. And which way is better for these releases of fiction? Source books? Yeah, so like with uh, tomorrow, like we had Tomorrow Rising come out. And now we have one then like uh, No Substitute for Victory, um, which wasn't directly... It, it it was it wasn't a big thing in tomorrow, but like uh, question of survival is a pretty uh, monumental piece of tomorrow rising, right? And on the flip side, we had redemption rights come out before Empire alone. Mm. So I, like which way feels better because I know one of them makes me way more curious about the second release than the other way, but, I was just wondering what you guys thought. Well, I, I have, I got the opportunity at Kerensky Con. Got, I have Empire Alone already, and having gotten to read the fiction, and then the source book, I kind of like that. Versus, only because I got excited for the fiction, and you get introduced to the worlds. And you get, you know, the grand scheme of what's happening, but the source book goes into it with more detail. Um, different points of the of the fiction pop up in the source book, but then the source book gives you a more well-rounded or or you know more of what's happening around that particular event that I liked. I like. I, I would. I like. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much getting the detail and then the story. Does that make sense? Because then you wouldn't really have the in-depth with the larger picture. I think you'd have the larger picture and would, you know, do a story arc across the larger picture where I'm not making myself. I don't know if I'm making myself. I think, 
but I think I would rather have the fictional the fiction book and then get the source book. And that's that's what I had with Redemption Right and Empire Alone. That combo worked out that way and I really enjoyed because then my initial reaction after a fiction book is, is there going to be the random acquisition tables? I want yeah. to see the rats in the source book, but yeah. if they're not in there, I'm going to be real unhappy. See, I could, <laughs> and, and you could market it that way, right? Yeah. You could market redemption rights. The, the, the fictional story found in empire alone coming at Gen Con or something like that, where it's, question it's of survival, uh, same thing, like, Read the fiction uh, that will be found in Tomorrow Rising source book. You know, I would read Question of Survival like instantaneously if I knew it correlated directly into the source book that I've been looking forward to for a year, kind of a thing. Yeah, no, other, and oh, go ahead. Finish other than vice versa. Yeah, no, and that and that was kind of my uh my take too i and not that it's not good but i think it's just um a taller order for the story um like you have uh uh, i I think brian young has his more work cut out for him because Mm -hmm. it's now i need to flesh out this thing that people already know how it turns out and still make it exciting um whereas uh, Schmetzer with Redemption Rights had it where he could sprinkle in little bits of, oh yeah, and Sea Fox are doing this thing over here, and it makes you go, oh, wh- what are they up to? Now I need the source book, right? So mm-hmm. it it it's, I guess it, I prefer it that way, be- and maybe it's just because it's it's easier for the story of because, like I said, because it's kind of like, well, I know how uh, Question of Survival, I I I know how I know the big ending, how it gets there could still be very cool and exciting, but the, the source book already kind of spoiled it a little bit, you know? So, um, the anticipation's different. Yeah. That's where I'm going with the fiction before the source book, because the source book spoils the fiction for me a little bit. Yes. Like I know the ending. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And one and, and, and two, and I totally get like that, releasing print material and everything is a huge undertaking and there's lots of moving gears and cogs and everything. But, um, I think that that's the hard part too, is like at, in the source book, it's not like they can put a spoiler warning and say, Hey, we have a novel coming out for this. So don't read this if you're, uh, you know, going to be reading whatever novel, but, um, that's so pretty. But it would be very cool if 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 it worked that way, because yeah, otherwise you read the whole source book, and then any fiction that's tied into that, well, that is encapsulated in that, right? Um, because you could take a story that maybe starts there and ends up somewhere else outside the source book. But yep. um, I think yeah, trying to fit the whole story in there that, that that's a t- tall order. So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm still excited to see you know what. Uh, what comes of it and everything and uh, what kind of twists and turns can be in there. But I think it's just easier. It gets my anticipation up a little more when uh, it's just sprinkled in there of meanwhile, in other parts of the free worlds, like this is what's happening. It's like, Oh, I need to, I must learn more. They don't, they don't happen to mention that, uh, uh, you know, I'm alive in empire alone. Do they, Andrew? (laughs) No, Uh, they do not. 
Why would they do that? <laughs> Why would they do that? That's too easy. <laughs> they got you on the hook now. They got to drag they you. They got to drag you along now. They do have you on the hook. <laughs> I want. I want my. I want Epsilon's first mission <clears throat> is to go back to Earth and pull you guys out. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Is on the on the back of of that source book. Is that Zeta's new paint scheme? Yes. Oh. <clears throat> Ooh. When, and I mean, that's a really kind of slow way of going about it, but you definitely could get customers for life by just taking all their canon characters and making them missing in action. And you know that they're just going to keep, they're going to, they're going to look at the source book. <laughs> just going to keep buying everything. Can't miss that one little clip of a, of a sentence and in, in that one book out of somewhere. <laughs> I, could, I could see you calling someone <clears throat> once a year and be like, am I dead yet? Am I dead yet? Am I dead yet? I did yet. Um, yeah, looking really <laughs> forward to that. What people should also be looking forward to is upcoming events. Like Gideon being close yeah. to the Colorado yeah, got... 350 premiere open July 16th. Inconceivable Games Castle Rock, Colorado. Yes. Um, we are only, uh, well, by the time when this comes out, we'll probably be about two in a, a few days weeks away um so been plugging away at that uh again uh i i can't really take a whole lot of credit it's been a community push with uh matt e taking the helm so um thank thank you to the wonderful community out here um making this all go i'm super thrilled and excited to be able to get together and see everybody rolling dice because uh, the Every other event that I've been to has been a lot of fun. Um, so if you are in Colorado, come to Castle Rock. Uh, and if you don't want to play uh, Alpha Strike, there will also be uh, some classic stuff going on uh, simultaneously. So, um, yeah, it's all on the Colorado Facebook page stuff. So, yeah, go check it out. It's awesome. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue, the Colorado 350 Open? I love the open, like something with Battletech and, and a tournament open. Like it just, it's combining my love of golf and Battletech. It's awesome. <laughs> it's Don't worry, Tommy. I got it. Very Turkina. <laughs> uh, we also have the Battle Barn uh, taking place during Gen Con, August fourth through the seventh uh this will be in martinsville indiana well we will we'll actually be there friday and saturday thursday yes. we will be at gen con um i don't know if we've decided whether we're going to carry carry some mats and terrain with and find an open table and roll while we're there while we're there um we might I'm, try and do that i'm sure something like that'll happen so um yeah, so we got a we're we're still putting together a Friday event. Um we'll have a, a large Alpha Strike event again like we did last year and most likely do something classic y um Friday night and then Saturday will be the three fifty tournament again. So um I, I do have a Warhorn um registration set up for the three fifty. I uh, will probably get one set up for the two events that we'll do Friday as well, just so we can get numbers. Um, 
guys, you guys, <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing about doing this stuff is anticipating numbers. And, you know, if you guys can help us out by letting us know, hey, I plan on being there um, so that we can ensure that we got enough terrain and that we got the space and we have enough people to ensure that your experience is the best that we can do. Um, those things go a long ways to helping us do that. So uh, again, look for that Warhorn announcement on the Facebook page. Um, and if you plan on coming to the Battle Barn to play 350, uh, get signed up, please. That would help me tremendously. Did you did you get uh, my registration? Uh, I believe I did. Yes. See, it's so easy. I can do it. So <laughs> easy. Even Gideon can do it. <laughs> Charles Gideon right there as of right now I got Gideon Seneca Brian um, Kyle Fleming will be a new player Sean is here and the Cyclone do not forget that you're going to be going against the Cyclone Ooh. Ooh. I, I still owe her a match from last year so <laughs> oh she will take you up on it <laughs> she's really looking forward to it so we can manipulate round one uh, pairing, so. All right, we can do that. <laughs> Have fun in the winner's bracket, Cyclone. <laughs> Somebody's going to get slaughtered. <clears throat> uh, we also have the Alpha Strike Tournament Crucible X Orlando, September 30th through October 2nd. Um, <laughs> person of contact would be Rufus. Don't forget my movement dice, Devane. He is so. work- he's been working us hard, working me hard to talk you guys into we need to go down there and play in that. So what? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't well, know because that might be the time I go to Michigan to help them out too. I don't know. So we'll see. Well, let's see. September. Uh, in the September. Two trips to Orlando in one year. <sighs> That's pushing it. So then we've also got the, uh, That's North getting close. That's getting close but, to the anniversary. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you can bring her with. There you go. Um, she won't be happy. We got North Command uh, in Wisconsin being run by uh, Ron Ploger, July 30th. Uh, that's the weekend before we would leave for Gen Con. So uh, I think he's, I'm in communication with him, and it sounds like he's generating and got a lot of interest going on there. So uh, I'm excited for him and, and that group as well. And uh, we are still talking about going to LVO. Um, I have a meeting tomorrow night to discuss some further details on that. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. I'm trying January, to convince my wife to go to January. Las Vegas with me. Nice. January 27th through the 29th, 2023. And we will all let you know when the tickets are on sale for it. So, speaking of, which, speaking of which, you and I need to get together and get that filled out. Yep. Bum, bum, bum. Um, that's shout that's outs. What we got for events. Anybody else? Shout outs. All right. Start us off, Andrew, if you got shout outs. Uh, so, my shout out is going to go to Catalyst Game Labs for doing something awesome uh, with the hammerhead to Derek King in the community for all three of you for 
what you did and helping Melissa out. That was very Turkina. Um, like I, I said in Jesus, my post, you said Turkina. <laughs> like I said in my post, and I've said here on the on the Facebook page or on on the podcast, um, the community takes care of their own, and we're showing showing that. So, um, again, thank you to everyone who's helped out where they can. Um, a buck goes a long ways. So that's that's mine. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my shout outs go to um, Joshua and Denim, uh, McBay Podcast, for having us on their show. Thank you very much for that. That was awesome. You guys are the bomb. Um, and again, uh, just the Battletech community for being awesome. Um, and for Iron Winds and Catalyst and uh, all the other people that made that awesome thing happen, to all the other. Uh, Content creators at Battletech, thanks for doing all your hard work uh, keeping this game that we love and everyone in the community uh, awesome. So, Turkina, goddamn. <laughs> Charles. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to uh, start off with uh, NC Kestrel, Sartris, and uh, Greek Fire for all their work on the MUL. Um, uh, just Every little improvement on the MUL makes life easier for organizing and setting up games. You know, every little improve, like, uh, uh, well, oh, what's the computer term? Uh, quality of life improvement. Is that what they call it? Something like that. I don't know. Oh, you're sure. quality of <laughs> quality of service. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Just, just every little thing that, that they do for the MUL. And I know there's others too, but I know those three uh, specifically uh, have been working on it lately. So um, just every little thing makes the the fans' life easier. So thank you for to you guys. Um, also, Matt E., who I still need a call sign for. So if you have a good call sign for Matt, um, Matt E. from Colorado out here. Um hit me up um <laughs> to get, we, we need to get that man a call sign um also uh bourbon and cerberus um for helping out with uh coming up with price support and being willing to pitch in um to make the event uh as great as it can be and finally uh Bruschito for being well one for being an amazing artist two for also being a very humble and good person just in general um the uh, I'm sure if if you're listening to this, if you have seen his um, ultra contrast uh, Marauder photos floating around, um, Timberwolf, Timberwolf, yeah, I call it. It's half Marauder. I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way the uh, the war the Wolfhound picked it up when it was yeah. on the the rock. Yeah, it's half Marauder. It's a, half Marauder, half uh, Catapult. Half Catapult, same yeah. Thing. It's yeah. The Mad Cat, that's what I was actually looking for at the beginning. Um, no, if you have seen his ultra-high contrast Mad Cat, um, it is amazing. And the the dude was, is just gracious enough to still, like, you know, poke at me about it just because it was me who got him into trouble. So, um, <laughs> but he's not mad at me, which I if I... I don't know, like, I love painting, 
but if I put the number of out, not even the hours, the number of brush strokes he put into that thing, um, I'd probably be cursing somebody's name a little bit if, if they got me into this pickle, but, uh, he's a great sport. So anybody out there who ever runs into Brashido, just be nice to him. He's a good guy. Thomas. You know, the, the community is, as a whole, uh, it's, they're really awesome. Um, thoughts and prayers are out there from Melissa. Um, I still want to know if, if beer is still a, uh, a necessity if she needs it. Cause yeah. I think we talked about that before about going out to out there and bringing beer to her. So yeah. Um, if that's a possibility, let us know. Uh, we're still looking for, still looking for stickers from other podcasts. I want yeah. to say thank you to comment makers out there, but I want to see some stickers. I want some swag, man. I need some stickers to put on my paint my paint case. So you guys work on your t-shirts, your hats, your your stickers. Get the vinyl. Hats don't sell. That's right. I got plenty of hats on my shelf that didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> so I need some more stickers for my case. Get the nice vinyl ones because it takes a uh it takes a motorized tool to get them off of what you put them on so we want to thank uh the community and uh all the listeners also uh people that support us and our cast thank you cast for putting all this stuff together time and time again i wish you a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow if you uh if you do reach us oh! We are at WNRP wow. You can also check out our YouTube page. Uh, join us on our Discord. Uh, if mo- so motivated and you wish to support us, we do have a Patreon. Um, but if you just want to hang out, we got Facebook. And if you want swag, go to wolfnetradio.qbstores.com slash home. And you can get your very own embroidered Wolfnet merch. He just interrupted the howl. It's okay. I had Valid to get the reason. In there. Valid we had, reason. We had to get the comments concerns. <laughs> but thou shalt never interrupt the owl. <laughs> Good job, Gideon. And one, two, three. You dumbass. <laughs> Woof. I was muted. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Don't look, edit. Don't edit look, a thing. That was your great. face looks so excited. Like, hey. <laughs> 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 nothing came out. That was great. We saw you. We saw your mouth move, but we heard oh, nothing. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, you know, it's funny because usually we say something asinine and then I remember to do the comments concerns, but <laughs> oh, I don't think we had anything really go wrong that we, oh man, that was too funny. Bye, oh, Craig. Good.